Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. 800-949-8707. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the sports the sports show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. And today we got a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, we got the playoffs coming up in baseball. We've got the NFL is well underway. The NBA is about to start. The NHL is about to start. So many things to talk about. College football, I don't know where to, where to begin. Gosh, and, and you know what? None of those were on my list. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. We'll, we'll talk whatever about what you want to talk about. Well, I'm, no, that's, I'm okay. that's okay. Listen, there's, yeah. there, there's uh, a lot. There, there's just a lot to talk about. Yeah. Our, our, our good friend Bobby Evans, unfortunately, uh, is uh, no out. more. Well, I'm, I should, that's a terrible thing to say. He's no more. He's mm-hmm. just no longer the general manager of the Giants. Yeah. I guess he's accepted. Well, he hasn't accepted yet. Um, a duty or a job to be reassigned. I, I would think if I was in his position, I'd move on. I would think so too. Yeah. The thing is, though, what do you do? You know, you got a family local, yeah, and, and he's been there twenty four years. I know you're establishing the community. Maybe he'll get out of baseball. Maybe I don't he'll think ta- so. Maybe he'll take the job. I mean, I, from what I understand, and I've heard from the inside, the money is is not that much less. So they're going to give him, you know, a decent job. But what, I guess, what do you think a guy like that makes? Oh, about half a million. Yeah, that, I was yeah. going to guess about half, half yeah. a million. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that other, uh, even though Larry Berry, I think he pays pretty well, but don't other general managers make a lot more than that? Some of them do, yeah. But you got to remember, he w- didn't have much of a pedigree before he got here. He was sort of an assistant for a long time. It's kind of like David Forrest over in Oakland, who could probably be, uh, David Forrest, for those that don't know, is Billy Bean, uh, head of baseball operations, uh, chief guy, kind of the de facto general manager. He could probably get a job with another yeah. Team because he's not being really paid that well, but he likes working for Billy Bean. Yeah, you no, know, I, likes, I get likes, it. You know, likes, well, but uh, also after twenty five, uh, twenty four years, you'd think that they, yeah. they would have given uh, Bobby a raise or. Yeah, you know. we'll, we'll we'll talk yeah, about yeah. that. All right, uh, this segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent, secured by Bay Area real estate. Well, I, California, mostly California, doesn't get estate. much more conservative. There you go. You remember that yeah, tagline? Yeah. And oh, by the way, the uh, theme for today is Special Day NFL Players Round Two. We oh, had that okay. before. So Round Two, Round Two, because we had round one last time. All right. Don't touch that though. We'll be right back. This 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Have you heard what's going on in the news? Do you like rock and roll, rap, or rhythm and blues? There's a musical parody going on, a pop culture political happening called Beach Blanket Babylon Wars. One thing to do, go to BeachBlanketBabylon.com or call 421-4222. Beach Blanket Babylon, where things are happening. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. 800-535-7789. That's 800-535-7789. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. So first, let's continue on with the Bobby Evans thing. Um, Yeah. You know, it's. I look at a situation like that where I say, okay, you know, at the time it looked like he did a, a fantastic job getting Andrew McCutcheon in mm-hmm. and, and Mark Evan Melanson Longoria and Evan Longoria. Yeah, yeah, two pretty good moves. Yeah, no, so but, it seemed. So it seemed, but the thing is, I mean, he's Bobby's not the one playing the game, yeah, that's right? right? And then guys get hurt, right? And and so how do you how do you blame that on them? The well, that's manager? the problem. I mean, a general manager, you know, you can't blame him in the sense that he, as you say, is not out there playing the game but he is the one who makes these decisions and if they backfire you know who do you <laughs> who pays the well, price a, i mean if it's a, a situation where a general manager does this time and again and again and, and every time it, it turns out to be a bad move yeah you know that there's a pattern and and the guy's gone 
But, you know, I think Bobby had a pretty good track record. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I mean, he'd been a part of three championship teams, helped Brian Sabian put together some great teams. And, and they figured maybe with, you know, Longoria and McCutcheon coming aboard, they'd have enough this year to, to contend. It obviously didn't yeah. work out. I mean, I, I could see if there was a, a situation where, let's say, a guy was consistently hurt and you decided to trade to get him mm. and he got hurt again. It's like it's it's kind of staring you in the face. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when Madison Bumgarner, <laughs> you know, does decides to go uh, dirt bike riding or something and, and hurts his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, how do you kind of you know? I mean, yeah, it hurts the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the Giants. To be honest with you, I think the Giants were kind of looking for a scapegoat. I mean, exactly. I think he's a fall I, guy, and they're just trying to shake yeah. things up. And they're trying to shake things up, and you know, I don't think it's really going to make that much of a difference. To be honest with you, and I think going outside the organization and bringing somebody else in, I don't know if that's such a good idea. I mean, is that what they're looking at right yeah, now? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. I. You know, um, just fresh blood. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to keep Brian Sabian around, which is fine. I mean, he's been around a long time, but uh, they've offered Bobby another position in the organization. Whether he takes it or not, as I said, I don't know if he will. And and what would that be? Well, probably. I mean, I'm guessing if they offered him something, it's probably in you know uh, head of scouting or you know international operations, some kind of thing where he's evaluating young talent. I'm guessing that's what oh, it would be. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it would be well, he's negotiated contracts and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't think he'd be one of those guys who they'd hire to or put him in a position to just negotiate contracts. I think they'd want him as a baseball evaluator. I mean, the yeah. guy's proven he's got pretty good chops. He's brought in some pretty good players. Uh, sure. I don't think you discard a guy like that. But, I mean, if, if I were in his position, I, you might want to go elsewhere. You know, yeah. you might feel unwanted. Well, and also I think that he would not have a hard time getting a job. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, given his track record. Now, granted, the last two years have been terrible for the Giants, but that, like you said, I mean, how much of it has been under his control? I mean, yeah. he's helped to put the players on the field, but let's face it, the Giants didn't have – after 2014, they had a pretty good season in 2016, but the second half of 2016 went awful. awful yeah. The last couple of years, they've had a lot of injuries, older players. You know, I mean, how much could he do? You can go trade for people. You can pick up people through – free agency and kind of hold off the, the inevitable, but um, how much of it is Bobby Evans' fault? I don't think a lot. See, I, I remember in in the uh, 60s and 70s, the, the Giants seemed to always trade to get these players who were like on their last legs. Mm. It, it just seemed like that. Give me an like example, that. though. Well, I mean, listen, we all love Willie Mays. Yeah. You know, my favorite baseball player. Oh, yeah. I think he's the greatest of all time. Um, sometimes I think they bring people back just to, uh, you know, make sure that that's their last year in, in the uniform, mm. you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, I'm, I'm trying to remember now all these guys who they, they uh, brought in, like, toward the tail end of their career. Well, you know what they did? They did they got rid of a lot of their star players because they wanted to remake the organization in the early 70s, and it, it resulted in the 70s were just, with rare exception, were a decade of drudgery for them because they, mm-hmm. you know, they traded Bobby Bobby Bonds for a guy yeah. like Bobby Mercer who didn't want to be here. Um, you know, they traded Gaylord Perry a little before that, uh, let him go. I mean, they traded away Orlando Cepeda. Gaylord Perry, I, I'm trying to remember who they got for him. I think it was Frank Duffy and a washed-up and drunk Sam McDowell. Sam I mean, McDowell. Sam, sudden Sam, I who, by the that. way, has rehabilitated himself and is doing very well as, as uh, spokesman for... Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Really? Okay. He's really done some great work, by the way. I wanted to acknowledge that. But, you know, Orlando Cepeda was traded for Ray Sadecki, who actually had a couple of good years with yeah, the Giants, good, but yeah. nothing, you know. I mean, yeah. Orlando Cepeda was an MVP. So they had they made some mistakes, you know, yeah. and uh, now, yeah. you know. It's so funny. I, when you mentioned Sam McDowell, I. Uh, Sudden Sam. Sudden Sam. He played for the Reds. 
I remember that. Well, that was later in his career after he left the Giants. Well, that was very okay. brief. He was a, he was a Cleveland Indian. Oh, and that's, that's right. And that's, that's where. Right, and that's where. I kept thinking uh, the C. And yeah, no, that's yeah. where uh, Gaylord Perry had an incredible start in '74. I guess it was. He won something like 20, 20 of his first twenty-two um, decisions. He'd won. He won. Well, what happened to the other two decisions? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't win. <laughs> no, but it's funny. Uh, I remember they would they uh, when they got Sam McDowell. I, I still remember this too. I was in the kitchen and they. Uh, you could call in to uh-huh. talk, talk to the players. Talk to and, Chubb Feeney. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we the general ha- manager, yeah. We just happened to be the the caller they, they took on the air. Did you? Re- yeah. You did. We did. Yeah, right. it was like a few of us. You were my, just my, a kid, huh? And my sister was in love with Ken Henderson. Remember oh, him? Oh, sure. Nice guy. I got to know Ken pretty well yeah. at old-timer events. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting that one of the first managers I ever went to was Herman Franks, Franks. who was the uh-huh. Giants manager in the 60s. I got to interview him when he was with the Cubs. And I'll never forget, going in his office, he's sitting there with his game jersey on, and his underpants, right? And he's scratching his, you know, in between his legs. And then he reaches up after he's scratching in between his legs and tries to hand, shake my hand. I was now, smart purposely, he was doing yeah, that. He was yeah. doing that just to <laughs> mess with me. And I pulled back, and he laughs, and he goes, says, oh, you picked up on it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. should have given him a kiss instead. Well, you know, it's funny. From that point on, he always was real nice to me because he said, oh, you, you were a pretty sharp kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was Willie May's favorite guy. You know, Willie and him were like bosom buddies, you know. I mean, when, when he was managing in 65 through 68 – Willie could do anything. Well, Willie, you know, why wouldn't you want to let Willie do anything he sure. wanted? But he he pretty much let Willie manage the team on the field. So, you know, May, May, May's, you know, position players. He yeah. talked to players in the dugout. He was kind of like a manager de facto, really. And I think Willie really wanted to be a manager but never really pursued it. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder why he didn't get off. I think he didn't want the headaches. And, yeah. You know, it's just a lot of headaches. Also, I think, uh, you know, he probably has a very high standard. Oh, and, and, guys, and that's one of the problems. I think yeah. Frank Robinson ran yes, into that problem. Yes, good point. Exactly. Frank was a good manager, but Frank was also – I was covering the Giants when Frank was there, and he was very hard on his players. And if you didn't put out for him, you know, he would just go into a tirade, and you would not want to be on the uh, opposing end of that. He was, he was yeah. kind of scary, you know. Well, he said, you know, and I'm sure he told his players, look, I won the MVP in both leagues. Why can't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he said that, but I mean – Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a tough dude. And when, he, when Tom Haller took over as GM – uh, those two did not get along at all. And then Hallard fired him and brought in Jimmy Davenport, which was an absolute oh, yeah. disaster. But yeah. that actually was a good thing because that led to the firing of Haller and Davenport and the hiring of Rosen and Roger Craig, which ushered in some pretty good years. So I wonder 80s. how many – it's funny, all these guys played baseball. I wonder how many guys you, you get to manage who <laughs> – the only one I can think of is Connie Mack. <laughs> who didn't play baseball? Well, Connie Mack actually played baseball. I guess, yeah, I mean, he, he did. did. He did uh, I mean, Joe McCarthy, who was a great yeah. manager of the Yankees, only played, only had three at-bats. Most, you know, Walter Alston only played one major league game. A lot of great managers never really – A.J. Hinch down in Houston was, you know, a part-time player yeah, for I mean, four years. He was, he was okay. Some, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, sometimes some of the best players or best managers are guys that didn't – Tony La Russa, not a very good manager, yeah. or a very a good, good player. player yeah. And it's funny know? because I actually thought Billy Bean was a pretty good player. He was you know? okay for a couple years. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Sosha was an excellent player yeah. uh, with the Dodgers, and he's turned into a pretty good manager. But that's you know, it's interesting how many catchers become yeah. managers. I well, think it's because they're the quarterback. Exactly. You see the whole field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Bruce Bochy was, an, was a second-string catcher, but he's turned into a great manager. 24 years. You know, and he'll be around one more year, and he, and he should be. A lot of people in the Bay Area say, "Oh, fire, fire him!" What, what is his fault that the Giants have no same thing with the, yeah, no same thing with Bobby? Yeah, yeah. I like, know, well, sometimes it's just firing for you know change for the sake of change. I don't understand yeah. it, but I, I well, mean, I do understand it. I just don't think it's right. I mean, I think it's more important to get 
Well, it depends on what the situation is, but getting rid of the manager because, you know, maybe you're putting the yeah. wrong pitcher in at the wrong time, that's that's. Well, look at story. St. Louis. They got rid of uh, Mike Matheny, and they've taken off since. So, you know, yeah. that's yeah, quite a story. All right, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Here it is. Our first trivia question. Uh, this Valentine's Day baby was born with loving hearts in 1978. He was drafted out of East Carolina in the fourth round. He began his quarterbacking career with the Jaguars in 2002 and was still taking their snaps in 2010. Hmm. Who uh, is this who wore number nine? So you should, if you know anything about the Jacksonville Jaguars, this should be a, a, an easy one. Yeah. God, you know, it's funny. That's one of the most obscure teams it in sports. Is, it I is. I'm just having a total And, and I thought problem. I knew the answer to this, yeah. and I was wrong. Really? Yeah. Is it a famous person? No. God, but he was he was the regular quarterback yeah. for nine years? Yeah. No wonder anyone. they were so bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't heard of him. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll remember him, the, you'll sure. recognize yeah, the yeah. name, yeah. I okay. thought it was Mark Brunel, okay. but it wasn't. No, Mark Brunel was a pretty good college yeah. quarterback. Oh, yeah. He was Lefty, in the wasn't pros, he? too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. with uh, Washington, right? No, well, University he, of Washington. And he, oh, and then he played with Jaguars. Yeah, but it was Jaguars. All right, yeah. don't touch that down. We're going to be right back. Where do you want to go on a vacation or honeymoon? The Caribbean, Europe, Hawaii, Mexico? How about Disney or a cruise? At Superior Cruise and Travel, we've got you covered. We'll assign you your own travel concierge. They'll help you design a custom vacation plan that you can't find online. And the service is completely free. You can't compare the value of this to any other online travel company. We can help you plan a custom vacation anywhere in the world. We even offer payment plans with no credit card required. Now you pay off your vacation on your time schedule. Call now and mention the promo code RADIO and save up to $500. Book your custom trip. Call Superior Cruise and Travel now and talk to one of the highest rated travel agencies in the country with a 5-star A-plus online rating. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a TOCO plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call TOCO at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit TOCOWarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family, or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. 
You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003 Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. First trivia question was uh, this Valentine's Day, baby, because we're asking uh, a special day NFL players. So this is a Valentine's Day. Uh, was born with loving hearts in 1978. I don't know why they say that. Uh, he was drafted out of East Carolina in the fourth round. He began his quarterbacking career with the Jaguars in 2002 and was still taking their snaps in 2010. Who, who is this who wore number nine? I think he was right handed. I haven't a clue. David Garrard. Oh my God! He was a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, for, you could play for eight, eight yeah, nine that's, years. That's you know, if you're a regular for eight years, you're doing pretty well. Of course, if you're on the Jaguars, pretty much anybody mm, can know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they only had like one really good year, didn't they? That's right. Mark Brunell was their quarterback. Yeah, they got actually, into the AFC Finals. Wasn't it last year they were doing pretty well? They actually, yeah, last year they yeah. got into the AFC Finals also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they looked and they looked pretty good against the Patriots earlier this they, year. That's yeah, yeah. And they they Their they actually almost won that game last year, didn't they? They did. They, you know, the Forty ers beat them this year or last year uh, with Garoppolo. They, yeah, oh, that was one of the later games. Yeah. yeah. So actually, let's let's talk about Garoppolo. So that's a shame. Um, that's a shame. You hate to see somebody get uh, a knee injury earlier in their career. I mean, not that it's going to affect him long hit. term. It didn't no, he, he got no. Hit. What he was doing, he was trying for for those that didn't see it. It was late in the game. The Niners had, had come back from a big deficit. They were within range, or I think they were within eight points. And he gets down. He tries for a couple extra yards, and he kind of landed awkwardly. He, he reached out with his left leg, and you could see it bend inward, and then he gets hit. The hit actually the hit had nothing anything. to do yeah. with, with – he would have – it had nothing to do with affecting the knee. The knee was going to bolt, buckle anyway. I mean, he did this to himself. That's the weirdest part of it. These kind of injuries, though, a lot of times, torn Achilles, you know, serious injuries are self-imposed. They're not because, mm-hmm. you know, you're moving in an awkward uh, awkward yeah, side time, to side, or side to side, yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. So that's too bad. I mean, I just think the Niners were going to have problems anyway. They have had some injuries and inconsistency. But with, with him out and, and C.J. Beathard in, I, I think anything over four wins is going to be a, a bonus. That's tough. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, so I mean, they had all their hopes and plans. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, we're going to maybe even make a run to the playoffs. That ain't going to happen. No, not this year. Just, so just, I mean, what are we, three games in, and now we have to look at next year? C.J. Beathard. Yeah. And and what's the other guy's name? Mullins, who's like in his second year. <laughs> Hello. Well, I don't mean, know. Some of these guys, yeah. you know, these rookies are coming out. Hey, and, listen, uh, Joe Montana was an afterthought, and what did he? What happened to him? Look what happened to him. Of I course, it took a couple of years before he got a chance to play. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, behind the bird? Yeah. You remember, it was interesting. In 1980, he came in and started a game. They were down 35-7 to at halftime, and Bill Walsh in the, in the locker room told the guys, look, just have fun in the second half. You know, we're just going to throw out the game plan. Do whatever you want. Let's see what – let's try to <laughs> – and they came back and won that game, and that was kind of the <laughs> that was kind of the thing that got them started on their great run was that game, that win. Yeah. And it was, Mon- you know, the first sort of legend of Joe Montana. Yeah. Come back in. Yeah, it's funny to w- run into Joe Montana today, and you see this guy who's you know close to my age. He looks like he's in his sixties, and 
and you just think he just looks like an ordinary guy. This yeah. guy's one of the greatest athletes of all time. It just it boggles the mind, you know. Just looks like an ordinary guy. It was he about six foot one, or six something? one, about one hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah. He wasn't a big guy, not fast, you know. But he had, he just had nerves of steel. Well, and also he, was, he, it, he had a great supporting cast too. Tr- true, but I mean, yeah. he, he, his his uh, his his big talent seemed to be. To be able to look at a bunch of receivers and figure out which one was going to be, yeah, open. yeah he but could he, look off two or three guys exactly. and find the fourth guy. I yeah. mean, the, the Dwight Clark catch. Dwight Clark was not the primary receiver. Freddie Solomon was. Solomon was covered, so he rolls out right. Harvey Martin yeah. and Too Tall Jones were mm-hmm. right in his face, and he had to throw him throw the ball over. I think it was Too Tall Jones' outstretched arms, and Dwight Clark went high enough that the ball was thrown high enough that he made that great catch. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. I was at that game, and I was thinking to myself, I was looking at the scoreboard, going. That's a lot of time, time left yeah. <laughs> for the Cowboys to come back and get kicked and the game. Did. And they almost did. Yeah, it was only because of the uh, fumble. I yeah, think, it was because right? of the fumble. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and, and how tall is Brady? 6'3"? 6'3". 6'3"? Yeah. Grappolo's um, not that tall. He's only 6'1". Six 6'1". One. Six one? Okay. Yeah. So I was just reading a little thing, you know, trying to compare Montana versus Brady. Who would you give it to? Ah, uh, you know, I'd I'd have to give it to Joe just because I'm I'm more of a Joe guy. But that's you know, it's like comparing Babe Ruth to, you know, to Mickey Mantle. I mean, it's apples and oranges. You can make an argument for either either one. That's mm-hmm. the fun part of sports. I love arguments like that. But they're kind of irrelevant because you'll never know because yeah. they play at different times. They had different circumstances. They had different teammates. There was a uh, a TV show one time where they had simulated. Mm-hmm. I think they did it in. Baseball, too, but mostly football. You know, bring out, like, Bronco Nagurski, right. you know? And it was actually, I mean, it's totally, like, made up. And, and right. the people who are doing the computer programming or something, you know, have to kind of invent something. But it was there was something just kind of fun. You're about talking s- about, you know, you're, you're taking, like, a Rocky Marciano and putting it up against the Joe Lewis. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I think, oh, that's right. They did that in, yeah, uh, in boxing, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't remember the name of that show, but it was an intriguing show. I wonder if they could they could do it today a oh, lot more probably easily. Probably easily, yeah. A lot more easily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that would, that would uh, create quite a, quite a bit of uh, interest, I would think. Yep. Anyway. Uh, all right. So moving on, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Is that how you pronounce it? Le'Veon? Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon yeah. Bell. So he's still holding out? Yeah. It cost him $800,000 a week? Well, he'll get his in the end, you know. That's, I guess that's his agents talking, you know. Well, the funny thing is, is uh, just a, a former Steeler, James Harrison, suggested that he joins the team to get paid and then fake an injury. Oh, James Harrison <laughs> said that? Yeah. Fake an injury? Yeah. Jeez, yeah, isn't like, that that's illegal, isn't it? I mean, to fake an injury, probably. I mean, I, mean, I guess it, I, not criminal, but not criminal, uh, but it's kind yeah. of illegal. Yeah, it's kind. Of, well, it's, it's morally, it's, it's wrong. Un, un, unethical. For unethical. Sure. Yeah, I mean, James Harrison said that. What's what's he thinking? Well, he's kind of looking at it and going, "Hey, this guy, you know, deserves to get paid. Maybe he to, does, uh, but to fake an injury. Yeah. Well, the whole idea is to to you know, he's not getting paid, so you right. want him to get paid, but then. It's the hey, I'm holding out because I'm not getting what I want. Right. So it's, he's trying to get it, have his cake and eat it too. Sure, sure. <laughs> Where does that expression come from, by the way? Have your cake and eat it um, too. I get from Marie Antoinette. That's right. Very good. I was going to see if you knew that. Yeah, one. yeah, you, yeah so yeah. you did know that. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, the way you asked, I wasn't sure if you knew. Yeah, historic. Uh, yeah, historian. That's right. Let also. him eat cake. Yeah, let him eat cake. That's did right. she actually say that? Um, something along those lines. Yeah, but but just kind it was of like people were saying, ah, oh, they're they're starving citizens. Yeah, there. let him eat cake. Yeah, that sounds like something somebody but, but, but rich and privileged would say, though. You know, I hate to say it. But it's funny because <laughs> cake is 
tastes better than bread anyway. Yeah, but it's not really very good for you, though. <laughs> it's probably... <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah. I, they probably didn't have all the sugar. Probably cake was a little different than... Yeah, uh, than I would think was. so back in those days. I would think so, yeah. So I just, it's funny because, you know, you look at the time value of money. I, I don't know what Le'Veon Bell will eventually get, mm. but, you know, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Um, and then you kind of look and go, you know, losing eight hundred thousand. I mean, right now, four games already is three point two million. Yeah, that's a lot of smoking money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, what's he? What's he trying to shoot for? What? What? What, I, what do they offer him? You know, that's a good question. I'm sure it's not a huge amount that they're offering him, as opposed to what he wants. I'm sure he wants a lot more, but. You know, if I'm a player in this day and age, you know, unfortunately, even today, the ownership still has the whip hand. And I'm not saying you got to give in, but, you know, you you have to be realistic. Well, that's the thing, too. Three games in, they're not going to – you think the Steelers, after three games in, well, they're off to a bad start. They're 1-1-1. One, one, one. Yeah. You think they – you know, maybe he's got a little leverage now. I don't know. Maybe he does. But if I'm your – if I'm the teammate – some of his teammates are pretty upset about it. I would it. think so, yeah. Yeah, there are like, a couple uh, guys who are saying, hey, you know, where are, why, why aren't you here? Yeah, it's, you know? it's like it, you're only out for yourself, obviously. Yeah. Well, and, the same thing when Khalil Mack was holding out. A lot of his teammates were saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't saying it that publicly, but they were grousing about it, kind of, you know, grumbling under their... Well, well what cracks me up is when these guys um, have a contract, and then they, if they're doing really well, they want to, I want to renegotiate. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Do owners get to say, hey, listen, we're paying you $2 million a year, whatever the figure is, and you're doing lousy. We're going to renegotiate? Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're allowed to do that, are no. they? No, they're not. Not exactly. No, not exactly. All right. Uh, let's see. Before we cut to another break, there, did you hear about this eight-year-old special needs fan cheering too much in Houston? Yeah, that's pretty funny. It, it is. And, and the, I mean, in the sense that cheering too much? You, you, you're in a game. You're at a game, and you're cheering too much. Well, the, and and that's what I didn't see in the film. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it was really kind of sad. You see this this girl kind of very timid now because mm-hmm. some. I guess it was a lady. I thought it was a guy, but it was a lady who basically said, "Enough, enough." Well, I, you know, probably the best way to handle it would have been to, to to say to the you know for one mother to say to the other, "Hey, you know what? I'm trying to understand the game. And your kid's screaming a little too loud. I don't know what the was cheering the kid was. making too much noise. Well. You know, that's the thing is they didn't show it. Oh, okay. So you don't, so you don't know. know. You, you don't know if the know. kid was screaming in this other lady's maybe ear. Maybe he was screaming. Maybe the kid was screaming for the other team. No, no, no. They're all Houston oh. Astros fans. But okay. But that, you know, it's it's weird because you go, okay, at what point do does your cheering interfere with my enjoyment of the game? I mean, That's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a balance, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, mean, well, I remember going to a game <clears throat> with my dad once, and these guys were in front of us, and they were drinking, and they were real loud, and they were using a lot of foul language. Mm-hmm. And my dad told them to kind of cut it out, and one guy turned around and told my dad to F you, and my dad said, we're out of here. And we, we went on the side on the other side of the gotcha, field, yeah. and he told me, he said, never again will I take you to a 49er game. We're going across the bay to the Raiders with much better fans. And it's true. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny? Oh, Kizar fans were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last championship, the, the, their last game played there was the championship game of 1970, the NFC title game. Oh, they yeah. lost to Dallas. That's right, yeah. And a whole roving band of kids from the inner sunset just waded through the stands and knocked people over and kicked people and got into fights. Really? It was horrible, yeah. I was there for that. It was awful. And I thought to myself, well, that's that's fitting. Kizar ends in a you know brawl. Yeah, you know, cops fighting with kids. That's and, why. They, that's why they closed the uh, stadium because yeah. the fight. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> now no, they, they got the they moved the candlestick. They're plush new. I remember they yeah. said they're moving into plush new candlestick. You know, plush. Yeah, so candlestick's never been that way. No. Especially what a place to play. Yeah. Any what, sport. A, what a, as Betty Davis, <laughs> Davis would say, what a dump. 
Yeah. Who said that? Betty Davis. Betty Davis. She, <laughs> she, she said, turns. She oh. in this in the movie. I can't remember the movie. She turns around, looks around this this apartment. Her, oh, her that's boyfriend. Right. Her boyfriend takes her into yeah. his new apartment. And she looks around. She goes, "What a dump." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's uh, trivia question number two. There were additional fireworks in the sky on this 4th of July in 1943. You expect me to remember that? Yeah, you know, you know okay. no, not necessarily. But, okay, this future career New York Jet running back was born in Augusta, Georgia. On that day? Yeah. He okay. was the a- AFL rookie in 1966. Who was this running back? Okay. Don't touch that down. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. I wanna take it to Where's that? A rock stomping musical It's one of a kind It's Beach Blanket Babylon And if not my mind So come on please baby I need to know You wanna go Wanna go Wanna go yes, You wanna go Wanna go Beach Blanket Babylon Great seats available Get your tickets now Call 415-421-4222 Or go to BeachBlanketBabylon.com Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and pick up five parts of O'Reilly full synthetic motor oil and a microguard filter for $19.99. Extend the life of your vehicle and save money with five parts of O'Reilly full synthetic motor oil and a microguard filter for $19.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You've seen him on national television. You've heard him on national radio. Kevin Todd, president and CEO of thesportsbrokers.com, is releasing his underdog game of the month. The wrong team is favored. It's yours absolutely free. Call now, 800-220-6262. The line in this game is off by 10 to 14 points. Start your football season on a winning note. There's no one better against the spread than Kevin Todd. Become part of Kevin Todd's inner circle and you'll have access to his upset specials. Dogs winning outright. Favorites running away to win by three to four touchdowns. Let him earn your business. Let the sportsbrokers.com show you how to win consistently. Call now and get today's underdog winner outright. 800-220-6262. Absolutely free. Kevin Todd is the nation's number one sports handicapper. He's the professional the professionals turn to. It's yours absolutely free at 800-220-6262. That's 800-220-6262. Kevin Todd turns outcomes into incomes. Call now. 800-220-6262. 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question, because here's our trivia um, theme, is a special day NFL players, round two. There were additional fireworks in the sky on this 4th of July, so 1943. Yeah, I guess. Born, yeah, yeah. Basically, this guy was born. Hey, why don't they just say this guy was born July 4th, right. 1943. Right. Uh, this future New York Jet running back was born in Augusta, Georgia. He was the AFL rookie because remember they hadn't emerged yet right. in 1966. Who was this running back? It's got to be either Emerson Boozer or Matt Snell. Got to make a choice. Matt Snell. No, Emerson Boozer. Okay, <laughs> I interviewed Matt Snell once at a, an old timers event. What a character! What a character! What was, was it? Tell us the story. What was so funny about him? Well, he was like, I asked him about the Heidi game because I don't know. Oh, yeah. a lot of people out, out there don't know anything about the Heidi game. The Heidi game was a famous game played between the Jets and the Raiders in 1968. It was on national television. Two best teams in the AFL. Jets led by three points late in the game. Raiders scored two touchdowns in the last minute of the game. And the, the only problem was that most of the nation didn't see it because the game was running late and the TV executives were concerned because they'd spent a lot of money on the production of this movie, TV made for TV movie called Heidi. So they cut it off, and people, specifically in the East Coast region, did not see the finish, and they were absolutely apoplectic with rage. Well, the, the aftermath of this was that the two teams met again about a month and a half later in the AFC, AFL title game, which the Jets won. And um, Matt Snell was telling me, you know, afterwards he goes, ah, oh, the Heidi game, ah, oh, we were so mad about that. Uh, you know, when we had our chance, we got our revenge. You know, the Raiders, they were the bad, they were the badass guys. Yeah. You know? We got our, we, and he was really funny, some of the things he said about. Well, it's I actually kind of good for them that that part wasn't televised because they lost yeah. to the Raiders. Yeah, then. they did. <laughs> it was interesting. Ike Lassiter, uh, who was a big off, uh, defensive lineman, real tough guy for the Raiders, sacked Namath early in the AFL title game at Shea Stadium. And it hurt him pretty badly. I mean, he was slow getting up. And Lasseter stood over him and goes, I got him. I got him. He's hurt. He's down. <laughs> and Matt Snell said, hey, I didn't. Big Ike didn't know how tough Joe was. Joe took two shots at halftime and came out and threw two touchdowns in the second half. So <laughs> that, that, that game made Joe's career. That game did. It really did because he was tough. Tough dude. Yeah, you know, the, and the funny thing is, is, is if you look at his stats, he really does not belong in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't. Well, he got his. T- the thing is, he won maybe one of the most important games of all time, and that's what got him in. And well, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. The, you know, he had that one underdog. great moment of glory, and it was really yeah. not even him. The the defense. It was the defense. Yeah, the five, they five turnovers. Well, uh, they, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, and Baltimore also did not score until the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, and that's when uh, Johnny Unitas had to come in in relief because Earl Morrill, oh, who was the yeah. MVP that year in the NFL, was totally ineffective. The Jets give the Jets credit; their Jets defense was just swarming all over him that day. So was Johnny hurt, and that's why Earl came in. Uh, Earl Morrill I mean, was I mean, just or, or, no; I he mean, just wasn't very effective. And uh, uh, Johnny Unitas came in as a reliever. He I was, know, but Johnny Unitas uh, was famous. Yeah, but he was 60s. not. He in nineteen sixty nine or sixty eight, he lost his job to Earl Morrill. He, I think, he got hurt in training camp. Morrill took over. Morrill was a for those that don't remember, was a journeyman, but a pretty good one. Yeah, and he had just this fantastic year that year. But he, he was ineffective in the in the uh, Super Bowl, and so Unitas came in and did throw a touchdown pass, but that was it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you would have thought that they would have gone with Unitas in the Super Bowl to begin. He with, wasn't. But, yeah, but Morrill had such a great year. Yeah. It's like kind of like you know your top pitcher gets hurt, somebody else takes over, and it's like, oh man, this guy's yeah. our, our. Well, that's, our that's true. You got to got to go with the guys who were doing yeah. it at the time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, do, do you remember what Earl Morrill's nickname was? 
No, Cinderella man, because he came in uh, for he, he for the Colts, and then uh-huh. after you remember after that for the Dolphins. That's right, he came in and backed up Bob Greasy. Yeah, uh, interesting story about Earl Morrill. He started his career with the 49ers as a backup to Y.A. Tittle. How about that? That I didn't know. Yeah, they, they traded him very early in his career because they had another young up and coming quarterback by the name of John Brody who was yeah. pretty good. You know, sixteen years in the NFL, not bad. Yeah, I, I guess John Brody never was is going to get in the Hall of Fame. Man, you talk about a tough dude. That guy, you know, because he played on some bad teams yeah, and some mediocre teams. Yeah, he played. What was, was Gene Washington at, was the only good guy on the well, team. Well, the great thing about John Brody was that late in his career, he's 35, 36 years old. They win three division titles, and that was kind of redemption for him after all the bad times. They had some great teams. They had an offensive line that allowed only six sacks of John Brody in 1970. Six. That's still a league record. Can you imagine that? Six I sacks the entire record. the entire season, and yeah. that's with four well was fourteen, 14 games, games back yeah, then. Yeah. But still, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's like an, less than one, one every, two, every games. two games. Yeah. yeah, they call the offensive line. They call them the protectors, and the defensive line they called the gold rush. I like that. Well, yeah. wait a minute, then. John Brody should have done a lot better than if he only got sacked. Well, he did. He was he was the uh, MVP or Player of the Year for the NFC that year, and you know the Niners won ten nineteen seventy. That was our last year at Keysar. They went ten three and one. They won their first ever uh, division title. They went to their they had been to a playoff game in fifty seven, but they won their first ever playoff game on the road at Minnesota, which was a great win, and then lost as I mentioned to the Cowboys and the. NFC Finals. They had three good years, and then they went into the toilet, and it didn't really come back until Montana showed up in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, that was that was we, we we all had to kind of just root for the Raiders. That was the didn't only have to. We <laughs> did. We loved rooting for the Raiders. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, I was but, always a more of a Raider fan. I don't know why. I, I think I like the old AFL. I love the old AFL. Yeah. I just like the way they played. Well, we just we really enjoyed Blanda and Stabler yeah. and Cliff Brand. I Lamonica, mean, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Warren Wells, you know, Fred Boletnikoff. Okay. Well, I don't remember Wells. But Warren Wells caught thirty-eight touchdowns in three years. He he was a kind of a. I don't know. He I only had three, him. sixty-eight through seventy. He caught thirty-eight touchdowns. He averaged twenty-five yards a catch. That's amazing. And every third catch he made was a touchdown. Wow. He had blazing speed, but he couldn't stay out of trouble off the field. He had problems uh, with drinking. He had problems with a woman uh, accused him of, of sexually assaulting her. Um, he was at a banquet speaking, and a woman who claimed that he had beat her up charged at him and stabbed him with a letter opener while he was giving a speech. I mean, he just had a rough oh, time. Wow. Now you see him. He lives in Gal- uh, Galveston, I think it is, or Beaumont, somewhere down in the, in the Gulf of Texas. He's an old man, and he, sure. he's kind of like completely out of it, wanders around. Oh, the, wanders around. His wife or his sister takes his pension and sort of doles it out to make sure he doesn't, because he'll give it away to people. You know, he's that, he's that I mean, he's got to be, what, late 70s, I uh, guess? Uh, early 70s. Early, early 70s. 70s. Yeah, he was only about 26, 27 when he went to prison uh, for uh, violating his probation. He came out, he's never the same. It's a very sad story. And Cliff Branch came in and took over for him and had a great career as yeah. a result. Yeah. Well, but I, I remember LaMonica. Um, that boy, old, that guy had an arm. Yeah, he did. Well, for about five or six years, he was terrific. The unfortunate thing was he couldn't get his team into the – after 67, they never made it back to the Super Bowl. You know, they'd always lose the big games. And yeah. that's when finally Stabler took over. And I think the, he had one of the strongest arms. He I did. Mean, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Arm. He could, he could well, throw like 80 yards. Al Davis loved him because, you know, they called him the mad bomber. Al Davis's yeah. idea was to throw the deep pass. And uh, that's why they liked LaMonica. They traded away Tom Flores, who was a very good quarterback, to get him. And everybody was real skeptical. But Davis knew what he was doing, obviously, because LaMonica had some good years. So they uh, decided to bring Flores back as a coach. 
Uh, they did. That's right. Flores took him to two Super Bowl. Now, there's a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame. Two Super Bowl championships, and why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? You know? Well, when did he retire? As 87. But they, you know oh, what wow. it was? They had some bad years in the mid-'80s. That's probably it. But, you know, two Super Bowl titles. Come on. How many coaches have won two Super Bowl titles are not in the Hall of Fame? Name one. I can't think of one. I, Lombardi. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Joe Gibbs is in the Hall of Fame, right? He won yeah. two Super Bowls. Yeah. I don't understand it. Don um, Shula, how, he won two how Super How many Bowls. years did Flores coach? Uh, ten years. Okay. Well, or that's, nine that's, years. That's, nine that's, or ten. Yeah, so it's not just a, yeah. a one-and-done type yeah, thing. Yeah. Madden's in the Hall of Fame, and he yeah. only won one. Yeah. Of course, Madden had an amazing record. I think it's 103 wins and like 24 losses in the regular season. Something incredible like that. Yeah, just kept getting smoked by the uh, Steelers. The Steelers or the Dolphins or the, or the, Chiefs. the Chiefs or whoever. They always <laughs> lose in the final. They finally won it in 76. I was there. That was a great moment. Against the Vikings. Against the Vikings, yep. yeah. That was a great uh, moment. Uh, yeah, at the, at, the, at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. God, the weather that day was perfect. 70 degrees, no wind, not a cloud in sight. And I remember going into that stadium thinking, this is the Raiders' day. They're going to kick their – and they did. They kicked their butts. Yeah. It was great. Poor Vikings. It's like the Bills. Yeah, they just <laughs> couldn't win the big game. They lost four Super Bowls. Yeah. Four of them. And Bills lost four in a row. Yeah. Can yeah. you believe that? I know. <sighs> and I was a big – Minnesota fan, yeah. You know? On Minnesota, Fran Tarkenton, yeah, yeah. you know Chuck Foreman, and yeah. I mean they had some great players. Sure, so, purple people leaders, the purple people leaders. Alan Page, you yep. know, uh, Carl, Carl Eller, Eller. Yeah. yeah, Jim Marshall. That yeah. was a great, great team. Poor Jim, he gets a, such a bad rap just for the one play. One play. Well, oh, you know, he turned way. out to be. I think it's actually Carl, not Carl Eller, but uh, Alan, Alan Page, Page is a judge. Is a judge? Yeah, yeah, yeah in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, uh, moving on here. Moving uh, on, moving right along. So Eric Reed, former 49er with Kaepernick, um, signs with the Panthers. How about that, huh? And he was also one of those guys who kneeled That's during right. the time. Um, so it's kind of interesting to kind of go, well, if he's being and, – and also he had um, uh, f- filed a grievance. Right. So you kind of wonder, like, what's the play here with regard to the owners? Are they basically saying, see, we're not railroading Kaepernick. We, we signed someone else who was a Well, a I think it's because Reed sort of is much lo- more low-key, low-profile. And in fairness to Kaepernick, I don't think Kaepernick is really, as much as he is going after the NFL for blacklisting him or blackballing him or whatever you want to call it, I don't think he really wants to play any more football. I mean, I'm just that's just my why, supposition. Why do you say that? Well, if he did, I think he'd be a lot more vocal about it. Now, I may be wrong. I think he wants to be um, like an activist. An activist, yeah, I really do. I mean, I think he's he's got this huge deal now with what is it, Nike? Nike, yeah. So he's set for life. He doesn't have to yeah, worry about money. Getting, I don't know how much he's getting paid oh, he's on that. Getting a boatload of money, and what is he? Twenty seven, twenty eight, and he's in good health. He's only yeah. had a couple of oh, injuries. Yeah. Why, you know, yeah. if I was in his position, I wouldn't go back and play football. You know, yeah, that's true. I mean, with all the the injuries that all these, but ten years from now, stuff. who's going to remember him? You know, he's not going to be remembered. But that's not yeah. his motivation in life to be remembered. He he wants to be healthy. He wants to have a normal life. And how many of these football players get to have a normal life after ten or twelve years? You know, that's a sad thing. You go to old timer baseball or f- basketball events, and these guys look they look older, but they look like they're in good shape. Football, yeah. you see them; they show up and they're limping, the and, they, and you know they yeah. just look awful. Some of them just look horrible. The game just takes too much out of you. Yeah. There it's were, a brutal, there vicious were, game. Which 49er was it a couple of years ago? Basically, he was like 25 years old, and he just said, you know what? My health is too important. Oh, I'm that was that to... linebacker. Really good one. Really he, good yeah, one, he only yeah. played two years. I can't remember his name. He was almost an all-pro. Yeah, no, smart guy, too. Uh, 
Well, you know, it's it's sad when uh, Dwight Clark died recently. Uh, the day before he died, or the day after, Keith Fonhorst, who was a terrific offensive oh, lineman, yeah. died of you know a combination of of things that result of all the, the injuries and all that. Yeah, CTE and all the hits he took. Offensive linemen just take a fear. Centers especially, they're right in the middle of it. They just take a fearful beating. You know, and, and linebackers, because it's just the constant contact. That's what it is. Can you imagine being against Deacon Jones with the head slap? Oh, God, Deacon <laughs> Jones with the head slap. Yeah. God. Well, that's, that's no longer allowed, is it? Uh, no. No. Head slap. <laughs> a lot of things Whack. are not allowed anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to, I was going to get into talking a little bit about the roughing the passer penalties. Uh, you know, when I, I think I'll save that for another time, because that's, yeah. that's a whole that's a whole other thing. A whole other kettle whole, of fish. Yeah, exactly. Now, where did that come where, from? I did, now, that one, I don't know. I don't know either. All right, here's our third trivia question. It was not an April Fool's Day joke when this future offensive tackle was born in 1965. Not to his parents, anyway. <laughs> he later grew up and played at Michigan, then was drafted by the Giants in 1988. He played eight seasons with the Giants, then six with the Jets. Ah. Who was this player who wore number 76? That's our trivia question. That'd be a defensive lineman, right? Or offensive um, lineman? You know what? Gosh darn it. I, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh, I can't remember. Is a remember Jet and a Giant for how many years? Uh, let's see. Played eight seasons with the Giants and six with the, with the Jets. Oh, I should know that. You'll, you'll definitely know the name. Yeah. I, I'm drawing a blank. Drawing Uh-oh. a blank, yeah. How old, how old are you? I'm 66. Is that the reason Route you're 66. drawing a blank? What's that? Is that the reason you're drawing a blank? I'm drawing a blank because I'm I'm getting old. I'm no. getting old. <laughs> we're getting old. Oh, Edward, man. we're getting old. Yeah, done hey, the show for five hey, years. Five my... years now, we've, we're getting old. <laughs> speak for myself. Speak for myself. All right. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back with that answer and some closing comments. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next? Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client 
it immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today. Don't ever say last time to a guy 66. <laughs> okay. All right. That's um, what Lon Simmons used to say to me. I'd say, well, and uh, one more time with Lon Simmons. Don't ever say one more time to a guy who's 90. <laughs> he always used to do that to me. He's cute. Okay. It was, uh, I'm Edward Brown. If you don't know who Lon Simmons was, he was the longtime voice of the Giants and the 49ers. Nice Very guy. exciting voice. Too. Nice guy. And yeah, dude, one of these deep voices, you know. Sorry. Touchdown, 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so April Fool's Day. This guy was born 1965. He grew up and played at Michigan, then drafted by the Giants in 1988. Played eight seasons with the Giants and six with the Jets. Who was this player yeah, who wore a, number 76? Clue. Uh, he has a, uh, a nickname. Still kind of, a, kind of a big guy. Yeah, I imagine he's a big guy because he's wearing 76. <laughs> so he's a lineman, right? Jumbo Elliott. Jumbo Elliott. There you Jumbo go. That's a good one. Huh? Yeah, he was a big dude. He was, Jumbo. He was defense wasn't he yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. jumbo just, jumbo, jumbo. Kind of like that all right um yeah i remember lance we had a uh, it was awesome we had a, a record and it had all the giants most exciting moments that must yeah. have been the record that i put together huh well i mean it's lon simmons and all that yeah i yeah. mean we're talking i mean this is back in the early 70s and i had oh, okay. the record no, I wasn't yeah me. And, i did a couple of them for knbr oh okay you know, uh, that's kind of fun yeah. and there was uh i remember a guy named johnson was a pitcher and, and uh, i remember lon simmons i can't believe this boy i can't believe it it was a line shot back to him yeah i mean he just kind of goes uh, through the whole yeah. thing so and lon used to get very great. emotional it was great he was great he was really good yeah so he he just did baseball and football yeah, yeah he, he didn't do basketball he actually did some warrior games on tv one year but oh, he? He, yeah, he did the 49ers for uh, 24 years, and he came back and did them a couple years. Then he did, he did the Giants for off and on for about 20, and then came yeah. back and did them for about six part-time. Yeah, great yeah, guy. Great career. And he, he was still broadcasting until he was well into his late 80s. 80s yeah. Yeah, he finally yeah. – I, I told him, I, I asked him, I said, why would you stop broadcasting? He goes, well, I couldn't see the ball anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. and his health was going downhill. Vince Scully, on the other hand, you know, he he was almost 90 when he yeah. retired. He said the same thing. as I Bruce, I could not see the ball. <laughs> I'd have to watch the outfeeders to make sure that ball was caught. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All right, here's our thoughts for the day. Trust and respect cannot be learned, purchased, or acquired. 
They can only be earned. That's right. And we cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. You know who said I that? I like that. Dolly Parton said that. Dolly Parton? Isn't that amazing? All right. Tune in she next week. A, she was a sailor? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> she had a, a lot of one. sailors. Uh, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. <laughs>